Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. What is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? I have spent a lot of time over the last couple of days looking for curtains for Ooh. the apartment that I'm living in. And I, I think I'll never find them. I don't know why. And I want Not one, I want one panel curtains for my kitchen and every kitchen set of curtains seems to be like a two piece bathing suit with like a little bit at the top and then like a little bit in the middle and uh, and I can't believe that I'm like, this is the height of sickening domesticity where I'm just like, no, those curtains are too are are, are too blackout. Those curtains are too translucent. I'm not going to be able to. I need curtains that give me privacy and let some light in. Like it's a really unpleasant, shitty errand. I wish I had cooler. You know, I also spent a lot of time searching the guy who um, wrote the song Spirit in the Sky. Oh, why? Hmm. Well, what's what'd you learn about him? Well, first of all, as much as I want to talk about curtains, sorry. It's an uh, Orthodox <laughs> Jew named Norman Greenbaum from really? the Boston area. He uh, was he, he heard gospel on television, thought that sounds easy, <laughs> sat down and wrote the top charting gospel song of all time in 13 minutes. Jesus Christ. It took him 13 minutes. He looked at the clock. It was 12.05. He looked at the clock again. It was 12.22. It took him 13 minutes to write <laughs> Spirit in the Sky, which has just charted more than any. It's not the best gospel song. It's the highest charting gospel song. And people sent him angry letters because he says, there's a lyric where he says, I'm not a sinner. I've never sinned, but I got a friend in Jesus. And people send him letters about how we're all sinners. Uh, yeah. And he writes back like, I'm Jewish. I don't really give a shit. I mean, I wouldn't say... So, gospel song. I was thinking of a different song. but that That's the... Uh, the gonna da 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 to the spirit in the sky. It's, the it's like a 70s, like... It's like a 70s rock song that is about Jesus, right? Like, it doesn't it's, feel like actual, like, the genre of gospel music, right? It was classified. Sorry, I mean, I don't I don't know, but it was, it's it's listed as, it, it was it was gospel charting. It charted right. as gospel. I mean, gospel. I guess it's about Jesus, so that's all you need, right? It's the second most requested song at funerals. Really? Like, yeah, behind Danny Boy. Um. That's so interesting when, so was he doing it almost as a, it was like, here, here, these, these idiots will love this. Cause it kind of feels like he's like, oh, that looks real easy. He doesn't. He it as a joke. I think he was yeah. in a sort of like Captain Beefheart band called like the eggplant <laughs> that ate Chicago or something like that. And then he wrote this as a joke. And people were like, this is just such a great gospel song. He's like, no, it's a fucking joke. And that's that's so interesting. That happens so often. We I've I've talked about it before, but the fact that uh that Steelers Wheel song stuck in the middle with you was them doing like basically seeing that Bob Dylan was so successful and being like, We're gonna make fun of Bob Dylan with like a bunch of shitty Bob Dylan metaphors. Uh, about clowns and jokers and like do an actual shitty Bob Dylan voice during the song. They're like going, clowns loved me, jokers. And like, oh, wow. it's their, by far their biggest hit uh, right. of all and that's time. the number one song to get tortured to. I'm not sure if most people know that, but that song is behind Danny Boy is the number, is the number. <laughs> if you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, that joke will make zero sense to you, but it is. I think everyone's seen that. I think we can, we can assume. It's, I mean, yeah, I, um, I don't, I don't know why they call it gospel maybe just because of the lyrics because i wouldn't say like it has like the actual structure of traditional gospel music right. like sonically but yeah like i guess i guess like in that sense when they're like well if it's jesus based like that's we'll put it in there in the gospel church. Right. maybe a it's bit a of lil nas song. x when yeah it's a they were saying he wasn't country 
It's a it's a hundred percent a rock song. Also, it was issued under the name Norman Greenbaum. No one, <laughs> Come no on, one was right. like, "Is this guy <laughs> Sam Cooke or something?" Right. Like it was. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like it belongs squarely in the uh, in the same category as the uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Um, what well, what are some other like rock songs that are of that genre of like rock songs that seem like they could have been written by a five year old? Uh, but right. they they rule for sure. That's not an insult. The ma- um, the mash the theme to mash was Robert Altman said, okay, so for the theme music, we need something that sounds like it was written by a ten year old. Yeah, like literally written by a ten year old, and whoever was writing it couldn't do it. So Robert Altman's son Michael wrote the music, and he was like thirteen years old, and so. There was a time where the 13-year-old son of Robert Altman was pulling in more money and royalties from MASH than Robert Altman was for writing the theme music. Is that true? It Holy really shit. is. What? I mean, I may but, be messing up the names. Maybe it's not Michael Altman, but I think it is. But the song's called Suicide is Painless. Yeah. And uh Which that kid yeah, that Michael 13 Altman. that's a 13-year-old name. That's a that's a 13-year-old coming up with that title cuz that's some real angsty shit. Okay, I hate to hate to pull some some string uh, like number crunch here. He was 15 apparently. He was 15. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Please. What's yeah. his name? Michael Altman though? Is it yeah, the name? You did you got the Michael Altman 2 years off on the age. So, but okay, we'll let sorry. it stand. Yeah, um, I added some precocity to that kid. <laughs> yeah, and Elvis also was doing like a bit. He was doing a f- a fake character to make the session musicians laugh. And that's where he got like, at first he was singing like himself, like he would sing. And then he started doing like a, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Very well, like thing like that. And people were like, no, that actually slaps. Keep doing that. And that's how he came <laughs> up with the thing after like hours of just trying to sing in a straightforward way. When I was, um, well, I, I was, I opened for Beck for a little while on the road what? back when people still I know uh back when people still did that I did stand up and it was great and one of his um one of the folks that was touring with him told me that uh when you know that loser which is one of his most famous yeah. songs where he was in the studio and he kept fucking something up and I've not clear I've not clarified this directly with Beck but I've had this confirmed by other people which is that he was like he started he started singing about how he was a loser and they're like we're gonna use that yeah he's like yeah. I'm a loser baby so why don't you come I mean like he's un- he's unbelievable so it's not like he's he's right. a fuck up but I mean yeah I can imagine that people doing shit for laughs musicians are so painfully earnest that sometimes when they're occasionally not taking themselves seriously, maybe it's better than the stuff that they're doing. Right. Cause right. they get out of their own way. Right. And it like, just get by doing something silly or something. It just like gets the, it clears the signal for them or whatever, whatever it is. Also, um, there's something about the alchemy of doing something simple. Yeah. And like, you know, my favorite, there's a piece by Eric Johnson who's a great guitarist called cliffs of Dover, which is like famously like one of the hardest pieces to play on guitar, but it's got right. a really simple riff at the center of it. And he was like, yeah, I was taking my groceries in for the car. I rode in like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, like... Sweet Child of Mine was a finger-stretching exercise that Slash used to do. Uh, really? There's, yeah, there's like a bunch of stories like that where it's just like these very simple things and like musicians just are are too complicated. They get too complicated with it. Uh, they're too advanced. You may know Cluster Dover from being the hardest song to play in Guitar Hero, but it is very, very good. Yeah. I mean, through the fire and flames on like the hardest mode is also pretty, pretty intense too. Oh yeah. Uh, what is guitar hero. <laughs> my Guitar Hero freaks out there? <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated? Uh, underrated is the internet. I have been without internet for almost a week, and let me tell you, absolutely <laughs> essential to our existence as human beings now. Uh, I'm so lucky my father sent me a like terabyte hard drive filled with movies. That's what I've had to watch lately. Uh, (laughs) There is no streaming right now in my house. I'd upgrade my phone plan to a hotspot. That thing is slow as hell. Uh, internet required for existence. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing your move, the, the monopoly of spectrum hasn't come to bless your wires yet. Listen, Oh, so frustrating. I called the, called the landlord and I was like, yo, we wired for internet, right? They were like, 
No doubt. Great. We got this. this <laughs> I've set up internet since I was four. I know how to do this. This is great. I'll just set it up. They set it up. I get the nonstop blinking lights. Call Spectrum. Yo, fix your stuff. They're like, oh, hey, uh, we're seeing you. You're here. I'm like, we're not here. I promise you. I know how right. to do this. Internet, not there. So then they sent somebody over. That guy, total jerk, was essentially like, oh, we have to set up an entire new box for you connected to your phone line because while you have an internet wire, you do not have our internet wire. What does that mean? Still not quite sure. Yeah. But they've got to do construction and drill holes in walls and all kinds Jesus. of crazy things. And they're like, we can come back in a week. Right, right. So You're like, I okay, sure. My, like, my corpse will let you in since I've like, died of no internet. <laughs> can't order groceries. What are we doing? I was like, okay, you know what? Just uh, go ahead and put the date down. I'm going to call other companies and we'll see who can get here faster. But I wound up calling AT&T and they were like, we can do 10 megabytes per second, 55 yeah. equipment. I was like, out the door. Don't ever talk to me again, AT&T. That's Why would what... you even I can stream one thing a day? Don't what talk we to me or my son ever again with just <laughs> 10 megabits again. per second. I was second. livid. You guys Yo. have fiber wire cables, but I'm getting 10 megabits. Like, oh, God. AT&T in LA is just, yeah, we'll randomly be like, ah, we can't get to your house. Sorry. It's like, oh, I'm yeah, in, I'm in the middle of a neighborhood. My neighbor has like very, your highest high speed Internet. But they're like, yeah, sorry, we, we can't get there for some reason. It's um, mind blowing. I don't understand why we let Internet companies. Do <laughs> I had an at and person come and then tell me to get Spectrum. <laughs> 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 he showed up. I'm like, yo, I need this shit now. Like oh, I need it 15 minutes ago. Like my whole life is on the Internet. And like I like whatever has to happen. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, man. You're probably better off with Spectrum at this point. And I'm like, you're not even looking at the thing. He's like, I can just tell. I'm going to have to go up there. And if exactly your neighbor's not home, I'm like, eat oh. shit. Then the yeah. Spectrum guy came and was really nice, which is very, un that's very not un familiar. Yeah, yeah. on Spectrum of him. But like it was sometimes you get those tech people who like actually give a fuck about their job. Oh, and not to so say nice. like we call them what yeah whatever it is like i just love when someone has enthusiasm about it and is like over explaining and be like yeah this is the reason blah 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 but i'm glad you're almost on the other side of your internet this life one more week yeah. <laughs> Shit. Damn. it's uh yeah it's an indictment any to any time you're dealing with a telecom company it's an indictment of uh capitalism i feel like yeah because these yeah. should all be fucking public services, yeah. you know, like public utilities that are actually done in a humane way and like affordable rather than like, well, how much can you afford? Right. Or they're like, oh, well, you can't afford to stream your education. You can afford <laughs> to like look at static documents like fuck off. <laughs> Joel, what movies are on the uh, hard drive? What any oh, any forgotten Dad, classics? Dad yeah, really Dad hooked us up. He really hooked us up. So first of every action movie between 2008 and now is on there for sure. Nice. Uh, we watched all of the Fast and Furiouses, every Mission Impossible, uh, nice. all of the uh, Planet of the Apes. If it blew up, it was on there. Uh, but then he also included a lot of like Black American classics. Glory is on there, and so okay. is the color purple. And I'm like, what mood were you in when you were? Were you like also <laughs> things that blew up, but also education? And then he put a lot of girly movies on there for me, uh, which I really appreciated. My Atonement is on there. Um, but also Pride and Prejudice is on there, which is ah. a favorite movie. Watch it over and over again. Yeah, a nice a nice combination. Uh, I will say this, a movie for every mood, because there has not been one time where we're like, oh, there's nothing to watch on this thing. And I've scrolled through all of Netflix and found nothing to watch. So I yeah. was pretty pleased with it. That's some top-notch dadding right there. That's like some Excellent shit that if you, can, if you can like put a movie selection together that will entertain your kids for... Uh, over a week, like that's right. You, you go in the dad hall of fame, right? Doesn't matter if you're three or thirty. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I was. We did also watch all the Kung Fu Pandas and all the Train Your Dragons. So yeah, we got to send my dad an award or something. Yeah, definitely asses. If mo most dads, it would just be uh, a series of Liam Neeson movies and <laughs> probably some Seagal in there. But Couple like later War era docs. Seagal, yes. yeah, yeah. World yeah, War II just, in color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't understand. It's in color. <laughs> it's new stuff. Uh, Peter Jackson took all that World War I footage and made it so real. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Um, 
I had trouble thinking of something that's overrated. Uh, but one thing that I think is overrated because I'm scared of it is owning a house. I feel like I'd rather prefer to think of it as like, that's overrated than actually engage in something that terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being too honest. I should have been like in? Star Wars. Like I should have just. <laughs> Instead, I was like, I don't know, having a baby. Is that overrated? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah. I'm going city, too deep. I'm sorry. What city are you in, Mike? New York? I'm in New York. Yeah. Because I feel like, did you, where did you grow up? I grew up in South Florida, though. Oh, okay. So, because I feel like I know like people who, like I have friends who grew up in New York who have the very, like that block of like a yeah. home thing, but yeah. it has the city changed your outlook on that? Like, has that influenced your feeling of it being overrated or? I think it's more uh, that my parents were bad with money when I was a kid. And so for me, I was always like, what's the point of doing this? It just <laughs> right. seems like it doesn't. You know, it seems like you don't really own the house. Not right. realizing my parents were very bad with money at that moment in time. <laughs> yeah. That it wasn't like it wasn't just like the bank showing up being like, hey, guys, we decided we want this. <laughs> <laughs> we want it back. Give it back. Right. They're like, this right. is overrated, mom. We should not be doing it. <laughs> As a kid, that's how I felt. Like, I was almost right. like, why do we own? Why did you buy this? <laughs> so I think it's like, it's less that it is really overrated, but something that, like, in my sure. head almost, I always hit a mental block on. And I'm like, no, nobody, that's not real. Yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> I just love that idea. Of, like, yeah, they, I don't know why they kept making the same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but really, that's how I felt. Yeah. Well, that's also the speaks of the power of like how much of our financial literacy and idea of finances just comes from our parents. Like I have parents who didn't make a lot of money, but also didn't talk about it. So I just grew up being like, I don't know. I think you work. And then (laughs) and then like you could have a kid, but I can't always have new shoes. So there's levels to it. Like, But no one was like, (laughs) you got to save. And my dad like not till I was uh, out of college. I was like. Yeah, man, like the second I got married, I started saving for your college. I was like, oh, what? Nice. Motherfucker, nice. I never, you didn't tell me. I'm I'm sitting here with $9,000 sneakers on, and you're telling me now I got to save? <laughs> Fuck. I'm all fucked up. $9,000 sneakers? No, I don't have no $9,000. <laughs> well, you think I was at the fucking inauguration in those Dior yeah. Jordans? No. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm... Fully financially illiterate, as we're about to learn when we discuss uh, Wall Street. Uh, you went I, big on GameStop to the huh? point that uh, I, I'm very similar with Wall Street. I like resent Wall Street. I'm like, this is all yeah. just like made up yeah. lingo bullshit. Fuck off! Uh, I and I feel like a lot of America's that way, and that's where uh, some of this is coming from. Yeah, uh, what is something, Alex? You think is overrated? Fran Leibowitz. <laughs> if i wanted to hear an old jew complain i'd listen to me i am so they're fine they're basic complaining observations that everyone has they're not they're i'm actually not kidding more worried about saying this on a recorded medium than i've ever been about it, saying anything <laughs> I, I don't want to get canceled for i like friendly woods a lot I've read everything she's ever published, which is like three books. <laughs> and they're small. I right. just don't understand why someone who's basically been tweeting since 1979 is this grand doyen of like curmudgeonliness. It's fine. <laughs> it is the. And by the way, everyone's like, oh, she's such an avant garde figure. Everyone enjoys her. I don't know a single. Like, by the way, I don't even hate Fran Leibowitz. I think Fran Leibowitz is great. I just don't think Fran Leibowitz needs to be inaugurated into the brown paper bag pantheon of New York City where everyone's like, she's just, you see her on the street. She's not a deity. And so now there's like a Martin Scorsese documentary where he laughs at her bon mots about how people walk too slow on the sidewalk, which is the same thing everyone's been complaining about since 1984. (laughs) I don't understand why she's so famous. Also. Pretend it's a city is what it's called because that's her that's her joke is pretend it's a city and act like there are people around you. It's one uh, bit and it's, it's old. one bit. It's one bit and I'm and I'm done with it. I want to see the positive Fran Lebowitz spins. I know that she's angry. That's fine. I'm angry too. Just show me something. Also, spicy tuna crispy rice, very overrated. While we're on the rice topic, spicy tuna, <laughs> tuna crispy rice. <laughs> It's everywhere. It's an. It's a. It's wow. I was about to say epidemic, but we've got to be careful about our word choices. <laughs> yeah. It's everywhere. 
Space Tune and Christy Rays, and they're not all created equal. Some are really no. good, some really bad, but as a concept, it's overrated. And I like now, there's a restaurant in Glendale, California, near where I live, and they have a sign outside that says, No Spice Tuna Crispy Rice, which I appreciate. Thank God. Oh, really? I mean, it's... Yeah. I, look, I know, like, Nobu did it first, mm-hmm. and that was, like, the thing. And everyone was like, oh, fuck, you had the crispy rice? And then it just became, like, like the cupcake phenomenon of, like, Japanese restaurants, where it's like, yes. you gotta have a crispy rice thing. And, like, every, like Japanese people were like, for who? Because we don't want that. <laughs> like, that ain't... No, I'm not... my. When I go there with like my family or my mom or whatever, we're not like, yo, we got to get the crispy rice. <laughs> it's just a very, uh, I think cause like, I think it being at Nobu made it this sort of, it elevated it to this idea of like fancy Japanese restaurant dish. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like more fast food. Sorry. Food. I'm very concerned now about my, I don't want to be, I don't want to have my credentials as a devout New York Jew revoked. So please. Please, guys, be kind if you are a big friendly woods. And please, I also don't want friendly woods to find out because she's a scary lady. So I think you could match yeah. wits with friends. Yeah, I think you'd be fine. I think it would actually be be would, good for yeah. you. I think you should start a feud with friendly woods. It could be like East watch, Coast, West up, Coast thing now that you're in LA. Wouldn't be great if friendly woods is like, I don't beef down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, get your numbers up, ho. <laughs> don't beef down. I got it. <laughs> I got a Nar- I got a Martin Scorsese special under my belt, son. Yeah. I don't need you. <laughs> yeah, keep doing these cr- grainy ass podcasts, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. All right, let's talk about uh, my favorite subject. Not really my favorite subject, but I get I get a lot of shit from bringing it up all the time. The British coal gas study, uh, which found that basically giving people access to uh, or taking away their access to um, you know methods of suicide actually affects whether people kill themselves. That's not a thing that like. Where there's a will, there's a way. It's it's named after the fact that they changed the type of gas that was used in British uh, ovens in uh, the 20th century. And once the method of putting your, sticking your head in an oven was no longer lethal, uh, the British suicide rate dropped by like a third uh, because that's how a third of people were killing themselves. They just had a a, th- a box they could stick their head in uh, that would end their life. And so that was, once that went away, uh, people stopped, it, just the suicides went away as opposed to people finding a different way. Um, so there's more evidence on, I usually bring this up in relation to gun control, and there's now uh, very specific evidence that uh, proves that that is... Uh, valid that that's you know a lot of people bring it up i don't i don't just bring it up but a lot of people bring it up in relation to gun control and uh, new research has showed that a temporary decision by walmart to stop selling firearms uh reduced the suicide rate by 3.3 to 7.5 percent in counties wow. uh with walmart stores uh which was an estimated 5000 to 11000 lives saved or 5000 to close to 12000 lives saved and so you know this is just one of those things that it seems like it seems to me like the most straightforward case for gun control is like <laughs> there are lives that are being lost explicitly because people are allowed to have guns in their house. Yeah, but how much did Walmart profits fall mm-hmm. right at that time? Right. But beyond even that, Miles, like the so many people when the pandemic were like, well, people die. What can you do? They're gonna die. <laughs> That's like it's gonna be a lot of that same energy. Like if you're things I've actually heard about, if you're stupid enough to take your own life, and maybe you deserve to die. These just callous yeah, and completely right. uncaring about like, well, you know, some people are sick and need help, and it, you could we could easily j- give that to them as we could have gotten. Like it's pr- pretty much the same amount of effort goes yeah. into like helping somebody as it does to just be like, well, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah, oh, crazy. comparing it to like meant like the connection between mental and physical health. It's like if getting a fever killed you, if you are going through a particularly difficult period of time and you have access to something that 
you know, you're mentally, you're not well and you have access to something that locks that feeling in like that. It's the same. It's like, you know, that that idea that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem is, I think, an important like it's kind of a quippy thing, but it's also like these statistics bear out that that ends up being what it is a lot of the time. Like, and you know, there've been uh, longitudinal studies of people who jump off the uh, Golden Gate Bridge and survive. And there's like, I think 90 something percent uh, of them Mm -hmm. go on to not kill themselves. They go on to live normal lives. Uh, And so it's like the, just because you make that decision in that moment doesn't mean that two minutes later you would have still wanted to make that decision. Yeah. The very and, just rigid view of it that doesn't, that doesn't yeah. help anyone uh, at all. And um, having a button that ends your life as, which is what guns are is like the most permanent and just the most drastic way of, you know, uh, locking in that, uh, what is a sort of philosophical dilemma that people, you know, generally don't down the road don't want to have like that's what it it makes uh the decision to take your own life so tragic to me that so oftentimes the person would have wanted not to have done that if you had given them another day to right. think on it if they just didn't have that means right there. Walmart is just like being, you know, I, for most people know Walmart is just the destroyer yeah. of a company mm-hmm. and what it's done to just, you know, most small businesses <laughs> across the land. But then like to add this on top of the thing about how Walmart and McDonald's like are the two companies that employ so many Americans that still need are relying on public benefits because of their unwillingness to actually give people the, the things they need. Um, it's like, like, come on. Let's do something now. I believe that we're having the $15 an hour argument. Right. No. How is that still a conversation we're having? We started that conversation when I was in college. The shit should be 25. (laughs) Yeah. Like, let's be real. Let's be fucking real. That's at minimum. It should be $25 an hour. And, you know, the, well, how are you going to pay for that? It's just, it's called the people who you'll never be as rich as are going to be slightly less rich. rich. Right, right. Right. Or the other argument we hear all the time is like, oh, well, then that will force them to like fire people. It'll bring more machines. Like that's already happening. <laughs> like okay. we already right. have these machines taking over people jobs. Like well, it, here's the other thing. Machines don't consume products either. Mm, so what really? do you do about that? You know, like it's like all. So then you have to you have to have money for people, whether it's through a UBI or something, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because we're not going to some weird like the island type (laughs) vibe where everyone's wearing like their white uniform and like, here's your gruel and, you know, go on your Peloton. Yeah. (laughs) It's holding back progress by, you know, like allowing companies. Right. Well, because we're still like it's still it's like it's just wage slavery. You know, yes. and that's because your only option is, okay, so you're not going to work, then you'll die. Right. Well, that's a fucked up. Why am I? In, what's this? Ga- what's this game set up as exactly? So if I don't do this, if I don't work mm-hmm. and toil, then my opt, I, I, there's nothing to rely on to help me. So my only option is to be, have my labor exploited. Huh? Right. Yes. That's, the, know, that's like, the goal of capitalism. You work or you die. Which right. You- with everybody who is physically unable to work or people who have any kind of barrier to working. This woman who is a brilliant writer, but she's deaf. It was having such a hard time finding a job that would make any kind of like accommodations for her. She's like, they all want to meet on Zoom. I can't hear what you're saying and none of you sign. So what right. am I doing here? What is the point? And right. she can't, she just literally cannot participate in the work she's proven herself time and time again to be good at that kind of stuff is so frustrating um yeah we live in a society where you you absolutely have to be productive in order to be valued and i think that that's so disgusting yeah and we're just we're not like shedding that like toxic philosophy quick enough you know because we still have we gotta work hard even Mm. if your hands bleed it's like Mm. that's fucking fucked up and cruel like yeah there there has to be some like level that we can all come to and agree on. But I think that'll take time. It's like, 
it's just really we're just watching these companies like grind people out to the point where we're just like, I don't know, what do we do? But it's like, well, we fucking, you know, this is all we have to be in this together. Um, so that we have to look at that and say, that's not a good situation. That's not a, a direction philosophically, societally, I want to move in, but yeah, come on. We'll day by day, just got to keep that in the front of the mind because hopefully, Absolutely. you know, we'll reach a tipping point of people thinking in the same way and we can start. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a little too optimistic, but Hey, the last four years have at least got people pretty focused on shit. So there may be something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, and just before we go to break, just going back to the suicide conversation, uh, that it is a public health crisis in the United States. It is twice as common as homicide, which is the exact opposite of what people assume because uh, homicide gets, you know, at least twice as much coverage when it happens. And it is that way because of guns. So. It's a public health crisis that is being ignored uh, every day in the country. And uh, finally, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, finally got like very lightly checked by a judge uh, after just being out here. You know, he's been free uh, since November uh, off the strength of Mike Lindell's connection to uh, Lord Jehovah, the the one Mm -hmm. on high. Um, he's been out drinking, taking pics with Proud Boys, uh, throwing up the OK, aka White Power symbol. Um, his mom's even been selling merch uh, that says "Free Kyle," which uh, there, there's actually I didn't know about this, but Miles, you were saying that this violates the Son of Sam laws. Yeah, they have them on the books in Wisconsin, basically, saying, like you can't profit off your crimes. Like, you can't turn your crime into some kind of profit thing. And then they're like, but it's for his legal bills. It's not a profit. Uh, uh, okay. Right. So the money is going to You mean to the legal bills that were taken care of by a GoFundMe? Those, mm. those legal bills? Well, but, but I need more, though. You see, so buy your free Kyle logo padded sports bra in white for $39.99. It's just, it's a, it's a ton of nonsense. Also, I didn't realize, you know, he's 19 and there are those photos of him drinking with Proud Boys in a bar. I didn't know that in Wisconsin, if you're between 18 and 20, you can drink in a bar if you're with your parent. Cool. Is yeah. did, Have you heard of this law? Anywhere yeah, no, else? I only heard of it when I saw those pictures, too. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. like a dumb law. It's like, yeah. Look. yeah, but it's a, a lot of I guess it's up to the discretion of like the business owner. But still, I was like, yeah, that's a fucking weird law, huh? Um, yeah. But yeah, like. So essentially, this is when prosecutors were just came to the judge with all this shit on some like, uh, what the fuck is your man's thinking, uh, your honor? Can we figure this out? Because not only is he flaunting his freedom in this really destructive way, but by publicly connecting yourself to Proud Boys, the prosecutors are like, this could easily translate into voter intimidation. You know right. what I mean? Like to say like, oh, I'm gooned up. Yeah. Goon- like, what do you think? Oh, you better fucking think twice. So the judge is like, okay, noted. Uh, and then came out today, said, quote, the defendant shall neither possess nor consume alcoholic beverages. The defendant shall not knowingly have contact with any person or group of persons known to harm, threaten, harass or menace others on the basis of their race, beliefs on the subject of religion, color, national origin or gender. No weapons, especially firearms and no contact, including like just certain people that were either victims yeah. or people he was in the case with. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, a bit of I, a bit of I modification to his bond agreement. It, I can't think of Kyle Rittenhouse too long because it just makes me scratch my head. Like I still to this day am blown away at just in our lifetime, how many people have taken human life and have been good. And then how many people have been doing a petty crime for something that doesn't affect anyone and are in prison for life. Like it, it really just makes you realize how fucked this just like, here's the thing. Let's just say, let's just say I didn't even want to think about like the racial aspects of it. Facts that are known is that he killed another human being. That alone, usually people are like, put them under the jail. And now you're out for free, you know, like, and, and it's crazy because it's like, it is true. Like, it's not even like someone can retaliate and be like, oh man, well, you know, I feel at risk. I'm gonna go pop his ass because then the judge could just be like, nah, we're going to put you in prison though. You know, like, like that, that right. like at some, at a certain point we have to realize like, oh, the justice system is fucked. And at a certain point it's like, 
who 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 is above like it feels like something like you remember when like a teacher you always had that one teacher who knew they had tenure so they were doing wild shit and you're like Mm -hmm. damn this seemed like a bad system i feel like that same thing goes for judges like there has to be a system where someone looks into some of these judges calls and be like well for a black person you put them under the jail and for a white person you didn't i think you shouldn't be a judge anymore that's bad judgment you know, when this uh, yeah, 18 year old white young man w- came in uh, with attempted murder and murder charges, you quote said, bring in the kegs and let's get fucking twisted. <laughs> yeah, um, I, your honor, I don't that seems like a very uh, lack of uh, consideration. Yeah, it, it feels like that sometimes where, you know, you can look at someone like Tamir Rice is 12 years old and gets killed by the police. Right. And then mm-hmm. you have. A G, a little white supremacists that could marching up and down the streets killing people and we have to sit here and stomach watching this bizarre treatment uh and be like you know for for certain people especially people of color and other people who have have their eyes open enough in this country go this is so fucked up to see yeah like this is just so fucked up and then on but it works on other levels it just make it makes me more uh, nihilistic or yeah. I mean not fully blackpilled but you know in a way you're like it, I why do we need these fucked up exactly. reminders constantly well, in then, our faces you know, being like this is what it, they it, get away with this is what like, you cannot do it, it really is like it, it makes what makes me just scratch my head is it makes the argument for a lot of these progressive causes so much easier, but people still can't sink it in the head. Like, like people were like, why would you defund the police? Why would you defund the police? And not a couple months later in Florida, we had a judge rule that police have no, no like, right, like cause to protect and serve if they're not in custody. Like it was because the parents were obviously trying to sue the cops at Parkland who ran away from the shooter. And, and, and you look and you're like, so, so what are you there for? If, if you're saying that, if you're scared, you can run away. If you're scared, you can kill people. Like, it seems like if you're scared, you can do whatever you want. I'm so I'm just waiting on the case where they, you know, fuck a you know sex worker and they're like well i was scared for my life and i was like well because it seems like the get out of jail free card literally for cops is if they're scared and i was like if you are scared then you should like you should get your badge taken away i think that's not a hard thing if you if you cannot in the line of duty we are shipping 18 year old boys off to countries where people want to kill them and they still have to follow rules of escalation in 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 place where people want to kill them and we are letting people off who are with civilians kill mm-hmm. you are you that just doesn't add up and you a grown-ass man lots of these cops in their 30s and you got 18 year old kids who can process like okay this this may be a brown kid in the middle i mean look they've been fucking up too but i think you know i <laughs> they've been doing war crimes too but at least there's an attempt at a system in place where it seems like with cops, everyone just wants our hands off. They have a separate bill of rights so that they cannot be punished. Yeah. Yeah. But if a doctor trying to save my life, fuck up, I could sue his pants off. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cops have the, they're given the power of God, like absolute power. They can kill you or not. And I can see why Trey Songz choked out a cop. I can see why. (laughs) <laughs> I need Trey Song's money because I need to be able to choke out a cop and be good. I mean, yeah, this uh, it's it truly because you can do anything. And if even if you do the most heinous shit like uh, assault somebody who's in custody or murder someone, there's a trillion and one excuses they can make. And somehow you're like, that guy's on the street again. Yeah. What the fuck? And it's, it's for that reason People should be like, at the very least, if you're uncomfortable with the message, like, because in your mind, defunding the police, you can't nuance that enough to say we need a redistribution of resources to go towards the people rather than the oppressors and things like that. Do this thought exercise is, is it is a cop someone who can fi- like be protected by most dimensions of this law to get away with whatever they please? That's really another just start there. Maybe if you don't like that then use that as your way into looking at the larger picture of what this all means. 
All right. Let's talk let's talk about this uh story about using every last drop of the vaccine is in the news. There's like something with Pfizer and you know them saying that uh projecting that they will get I think six doses out of every vial instead of five, which is what the healthcare providers were saying. Um and I guess it's like yeah, like uh, theoretically, you could get six out if we had this like super precise equipment everywhere in the field, and we don't have that. Um, but you know, so that's like one of the theoretical conversations that that's happening. Um, and this is just a a good illustration of how far we are from even that mattering, even yeah. being able to distribute the vaccine. Yeah, not only that, I mean, like they they have a chokehold on like they own the vaccine so we're at the at the fucking will of big pharma to be like don't let us die or or how much a hey, how much to not let me die is where we're at with with right. big pharma they're not it should should have been like sorry motherfucker we need this for the good of earth fuck you and you sue sue the governments of the world i don't know how that goes down functionally but uh that's just another d- dimension of this but mm. yes we we see about constantly there there's trouble with the ro- the vaccine rollout people being like there has to be more efficient ways sometimes people are left with there's leftover lines and then they're trying to get as much vaccine out so they don't have to throw it away but there's just another I, it's nice to see that people understand right that the vaccine is so dear and finite that it no matter what we cannot waste it just because that's just the situation we're in so in Oregon there was these group of health workers who were doing like a rural vaccination operation and they were trying to get back to like their main office, but they were caught in traffic where there was like they're just in a snowstorm, basically. And they were sat there with about to expire vaccines. And the New York Times story goes on, quote, uh, they know they only had six hours to get the remaining doses of coronavirus vaccine back to people who are waiting uh, for their shots, roughly 30 miles away. Normally, the, t- the trip takes 45 minutes. But with a jackknife tractor trailer ahead of them, the crew realized they could be stuck for hours. So the workers made the decision to walk from car to car, asking stranded drivers if they wanted to be vaccinated right there on the spot. So they said, fuck it. We're I'm, we're coming. We're, we're getting rid of this shit. And Fantastic. It seems a little bit sketchy, as they go on to say, (laughs) quote, most drivers laughed at the offer of a roadside coronavirus vaccine and politely declined, even though Mr. Weber said he had a doctor and an ambulance crew on hand to help oversee the operation. He acknowledged it was not the typical setting for vaccination. Quote, it was a strange conversation. Imagine yourself stranded on the side of the road in a snowstorm, snowstorm and having someone walk up and say, hey, would you like a shot in the arm? In the end, though. They had enough people who one dude, they said, hopped out his car, ripped his shirt off and was like, (laughs) and they're like, oh, it's in your arm, fam. (laughs) Because people who are on on meth also get stuck in traffic jams. So (laughs) (laughs) have you ever been in a traffic jam and uh, somebody knocks on your window like somebody walks up? That is the most unnerving shit ever. Like I was just I was driving. I think it was like a cross country trip or something. There was a, I, I think a jackknife tractor trailer, like they're talking about in this story up ahead. So everyone was just stuck there and like they knew the cars weren't going anywhere. And people were just like, out. got out, just pulling a everybody hurts on them. Yeah. Uh, deep cut. Or I guess we shouldn't call them deep cuts. We're just old. Uh, yeah. So old person <laughs> cut. Uh, but yeah, it was it was super unnerving though when the first person just like walks by your car. It's like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you feel trapped. You yeah, know? it's and they're uh, not af- offering you a vaccine. Yeah, they weren't even offering the a vaccine. Nerve. Fuck I know. That. Just the nerve. trucker crank. Well, you, but, you yeah, guys, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying to put myself in the position of these people too. Where like, yeah, I I mean, I'm not gonna say no, but I'm also very much like. What what are you trying to pull here? Why yeah. are you suddenly like I would have a lot of hurdles to get over before I'm like, yeah, sure, guy who I mean, yeah, you got some medical equipment. I don't know how to like quality control or QC a vial of Moderna yeah, vaccine. Like, let me exactly. See let me look on the internet and do some side by side legit check this shit real quick. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> as somebody who uh has 
uh, dealt with expiring milk in the past. I know that it's not a thing where it hits the date, the born on date, and like a buzzer goes off and it's suddenly bad. Like that shit will go bad three days before sometimes, or it'll stay good for a couple days after the born on date. Like it's not. So I don't know. Like the this, I I would have been skeptical. I would have taken it just because you know. I, I, I feel like that's a situation where it's okay to ask for ID. Oh, you know what I mean. But see, then I'm like, in my mind, because this is this is where you're catching you're catching the wrong miles. You know, I'm probably high in my car, already pissed. I'm in a snowstorm, right. and you're like, "Hi, would you like a coronavirus? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> a what? A coronavirus vaccine? Fuck! Who the fuck are you? Are you fucking for real right now? That's oh, true. we're some healthcare workers. You're some healthcare. Get the fuck away from my car, motherfucker. Are you serious? That's true. I get. I mean, you know, I get. I've gotten a. Like, I'm sure this happens to everybody. I, I get a lot of weird kind of car-based cold calls at mm-hmm. red lights. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's kids selling water uh, sure. purportedly for a football team. And then sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's somebody who's got, like, some crazy offers. I did, not vaccine-related, but I did a few years ago, a uh, street called Freedom Parkway here in Atlanta, had a guy knock on my car uh, and, like, knocked on the window and... It, it was the middle of the day. It didn't seem like I thought he was going to ask for money. Right. But uh, so I like, rolled down the passenger side window a little bit. And his, his opener line is like, what if I told you? What if I told you I just got a winning lottery ticket? And I was like, uh, congratulations, bro. I don't know. And I started rolling the window up. And he was like, I didn't, but what if I bought? <laughs> and his whole hustle was like, ask me to give him a dollar so he could buy the lottery ticket. The winning ticket. Yeah. And he was split with you. Uh, you gotta... He didn't even say it was splitting. No. Oh, I love that scam. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. You got to pay pun- pay money to make money, man. Because in um, your mind, Jack or Ben, wouldn't you be weary of like some QAnon group of goofy absolutely. people pretending to be giving vaccinations and, and like shit, poisoning yeah. you? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm I not. That's where I, my mind goes, and it's not healthy. But unfortunately, when you fo- when I'm in a snowstorm and you knock on my window, I'm not going to be like, oh hi, vaccines. Well, first of all, you're going to be out doing snow angels because you're such a yeah. Because I've never snow seen the snow. Ho. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> snow uh, ho ho. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm also. Like the thing that immediately my my brain goes to is like I don't know how to judge medical like IDs like I don't know what the right like he, he could be the fakest ID in the history <laughs> right. of medical IDs and it's like uh, yeah okay man you still uh, see the uh, the original like blockbuster logo yeah, under yeah. the laminate <laughs> right you're like this is a driver's license for a delorean from back to the future <laughs> yeah, I'm like hey uh yeah guys i'm not a doctor but this does look like a 20 percent off bed bath and beyond <laughs> right. mailing coupon yeah i don't know it's a good point like i think this is one of those stories where really it's surprising that six people said yes uh because we have this kind of cultural taboo about Bob, like knocking on people's doors in cars, you know, it's not associated with good news, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but people are so desperate in, in many cases for the vaccine. Like here, you know, here in Georgia, our uh, the governor who fixed the election to become governor really shat the bed on on any kind of vaccination infrastructure distribution. Right. Yeah, we were like talking my, about that. Yeah, my parents uh, actually went... They're retired. They went and got the first vaccination after being on a wait, three different waiting lists for like two weeks. Uh, they got to a place, a Walmart, a Walmart at 430 in the morning uh, to get an appointment for that afternoon. And they were getting the Pfizer one with two shots. They they got there and they, they were told they would schedule the second shot when they got to the afternoon appointment. They showed up to the afternoon appointment and the person gave them the first shot. And they're like, all right, when do we schedule the second one? They said, oh, yeah, things have changed. Try your best to find one. Nice. That was well done. Yeah, that was it. That was the Thanks, end of the Governor conversation. Camp. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Um, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. I'm sorry. Good luck with that. <laughs> Isn't this a what? Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Uh-huh. 
And we're back. So I, I read an article this morning, which is where my entire understanding of this comes from, uh, <laughs> on Bloomberg.com that uh, covers this story from a Wall Street perspective with like amused tolerance. It's like they keep commenting on the juvenile tone of the subreddit and like yeah, but, making well, fun of the spelling errors. But zoom out real quick. Let people know what we're even talking Because most people like... I, this only started began. People started talking about it in the last day, and I'm, if you're not fully right. have your ear to the internet, you might not know what happened. Right. right. So yeah, uh, Miles, uh, the floor is yours. Why don't you explain? Oh it yeah, <laughs> as the resident guy who just admitted he knows fuck all about finances, I'm gonna toss this hot potato over to Michael Drucker. Oh hello, hello. <laughs> uh, now keep in mind that I'm gonna explain some of this wrong. So someone will listen to this and go, "That's not what's happening," and that's okay. You're right. Yeah. And, oh, um, so you have been on a podcast before. <laughs> so basically, GameStop, the stock itself, has been suffering for about a decade because nobody wants to buy video games in person anymore. People order games off Amazon. They order them digitally. You know, people wait in line for a PlayStation 5, but GameStop, if you've been inside, is sort of a dying store. Right? Yeah. So the stock price over the last decade or so has gone down super low to the point where I think it was somewhere like in the single digits at one point. But right before this, it was, I think, like $17 or so. And there's this Reddit uh, group called uh, Wall Street Bets. And what Wall Street Bets is, is basically them saying, like, them picking stocks is sort of like an informal Reddit group full of stock memes. But they kind of encourage each other to do things. And what they sort of realized was because GameStop stock is so bad that a lot of hedge funds were shorting it. Right. And uh, shorting it is where I'm bad at explaining things. Basically, it's what happens kind of in trading places. Uh, yeah, they gamble. That's my like, best explanation. Yeah. They put a bet that it will go down, that it will yeah. lose money. It's basically putting your money on them losing. Right. You're saying basically, I will buy it for full price because it will, whatever. Um, yeah. And then, the, so what they did was uh, the Reddit thread, they decided, let's all buy it. So, kind of like a legal pump and dump scam, sort of like back in the day when people would try to pump penny stocks up by like, everyone buy the penny stocks and then they dump them immediately. Um, that's what they did. They pumped up GameStop stock, and because they were all buying it, everyone starts buying it. And as is the case with the stock market, because nothing makes sense, the more people who bought it, the more people were willing to spend on it, to the point where it's now worth like $300. Um, what that did was it basically bankrupted a bunch of hedge funds that were like, did not expect to have to owe $300 per stock of GameStop <laughs> stock that they bought for $17. Or right. bought it even cheaper or whatever. So, uh... Yeah, they owe a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the hedge funds do, which uh, now the conversation uh, that you're seeing is like the Biden administration is thinking about like bail or at least considering the question of whether they should bail out some of these hedge funds, which I so the thing that is exciting to me about this is not I don't think it's a good a good time to now invest in GameStop because no, right, no, I, no, no, it, no. it seems like that's that's how some people are taking it and uh it seems like the jig is up a little bit like the people yeah, yeah like once it becomes a national news story that's when it's probably not a good idea to to put your money on it but just the idea that a stock valuation can be completely independent <laughs> from reality yeah. uh, is something that I think we, it, it's almost like it works as a, as satire of like what has <laughs> happened in the stock market for the past year uh, with, with the pandemic and businesses like downsizing, yeah. going out of business, firing people, uh, you know, it being for the average American, one of the worst economic times ever. And then the stock market being at its peak, like peaking yeah. and not, you know, taking any of the damage on. And so like the idea that they were like, let's just do that, but to one stock and fuck over some of the people who've been benefiting off of that, like in a very vague way where yeah. I don't understand any of the dynamics. Uh, super producer on a understands the stock market and has kind of tried to explain it to me. <laughs> and I, uh, my brain resists it. It's like, I'm allergic to, uh, understanding it, but yeah. it's, uh, they're they're just in a turn in a broad narrative sense. The mm -hmm. idea that 
they are uh, satirizing the stock market while putting a bunch of billionaires uh, in financial trouble is is interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. The secondary is. thing is watching like the FOMO play out though, because that's where it gets <laughs> dicey. You know, like like I was saying before we went on mic, like there are also in all the numerous interviews that came out of the story, like there were people who saw what happened Monday when it was like when it was already taking off and got in or like I put in all of my savings and I put $14,000 into it. And then they realized where they were at and they're like, Oh shit, they had to sell it off. And they ended up losing like 600 bucks. But they're saying like, if I hadn't actually realized that I would have lost all of my money trying to just play this, like, like not knowing enough about the stock market and just seeing what I saw on Reddit and reacting to that. So it's a definitely, it's interesting to see who, who can benefit from it, who gets sort of like sucked into the momentum of like wanting to play the game without knowing. And then. Yeah. Yeah. To Anna Hosnier uh, was trying to explain to me this morning, like what it, it made me think of. So in Shawshank Redemption, when Andy Dufresne like locks himself in the office and plays the music, even though he knows he's going to get his ass kicked by the warden, it's kind of like that is like how I think of what they're doing is they're like, <laughs> fuck these people. And we know it's going to blow up in our face, but there's a lot of people who are now getting in and who are going to lose their their money. So it's almost like if everybody who heard the music also got the shit kicked out of them, which makes that scene <laughs> not quite as cool. It's like not great if he's risking everybody else's safety. Right. No, exactly. And also, like, you know, there's people on that Reddit thread who were in early enough where they made a crazy amount right. of money and they're probably I would get out right now as the fools are coming in. It's, right. it's really, it is, there's, like, I'm not as worried about those Redditors as I am worried about, like, our parents and grandparents who are like, oh, I remember GameStop. GameStop. All right, <laughs> I'll put, yeah. I'll put $8,000 in, you know what I mean? Like, that's what worries me. Yeah. I mean, but. Wall Street is inherently predatory, and there's always, there always has to be a, somebody who's a loser, right? right. Who's going to lose out and... I, you can almost guarantee that it's not going to be the hedge fund billionaires in the end, like yeah, it may right. be in the short run. Or they uh, cynically start like co-opting this Reddit to start manipulating the markets through like Redditors, <laughs> you know what I mean? And really be like, no, but this is how we're going to make moves. This is the new game. Right. <laughs> I mean, really, that's, po that's possible, too, is people just go, OK, this is what I got to do. I create a persona online and try to put right. my own stocks. Yeah. I mean, like it is sort of the I think the people in that subreddit would hope like, well, they couldn't learn to like authentically, like it's the sort of authenticity thing uh, yeah. where that's the thing you can't fake that corporations are constantly trying to fake, like trying to <laughs> find a way to sponsor people who speak authentically and who right. uh, communicate meaning to people authentically. But yeah, I, I think the overall reason people are super excited about this is because it seems like what like a a very real sort of dynamic illustration of the haves and have nots and like that the breakdown in what the stock market is supposed to do which is rep you know represent value in some real world way and now it's currently like a game being played by mostly very wealthy people and they're able to fix the rules to insulate themselves from uh, you know, any sort of representation of value. I just want to read what Anna wrote, like explaining what shorting is. Uh, and so she said, shorting is when you borrow shares and then you sell immediately in which then you can grab them later for a lower price, give them back to who you borrowed them from originally, and then you pocket the difference. Like that couldn't be further from making sense to me. <laughs> like, I'm so yeah. dumb when it comes to that. This market watch story is not helping when I Google what is sharing, sharing. And that's why I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna just deal with meme stocks now for the lols. <laughs> I I yeah, I've had shorting explained to me so many times, including in movie form by Adam McKay. And yeah. I it, it's almost like looking at a photograph in Westworld where I'm just like this doesn't look like anything to me like I don't understand right. it like my brain just goes like no this isn't a thing right yeah 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 it's interesting because this uh, Bloomberg article is 
like the way they make sense of this story is all about like uh, them having these big breaks where it's revealed that uh, some influential investor was actually long on GameStop, and that's like where these surges are coming from. Instead of oh, yeah. like they really under underrate the idea that it's just like kind of being done. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like every like every established logic. power group. It's like that. It could be even in politics. Like, was it activists? I don't know. Who, who, who <laughs> yeah. knows? Who yeah, knows? Exactly. And actually, I think it was actually because Joe Biden was so appealing. Yeah, you forget about that. <laughs> So let's let's ignore that maybe there are other things that could threaten the power structure. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, I mean if they do bail out hedge funds like I think oh, then the story becomes <laughs> more be significant because then it becomes an even greater affront to the or just like a greater illustration of the disconnect there. Yeah. Um and the fact that they are, I, I forget who wrote it on Twitter, but somebody was like, so they've owed us $2,000 and haven't been able to get that out. But, you know, they're going to manage to bail these hedge funds out the next week. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Well, it shows you who has a, like a louder voice in these people's ears. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, that's what you're competing against. And when you have a ton of people like when politicians are surrounded by these people, they think that's what the world is. It's um, like this saying I made up. Uh, money talks is the thing. Damn. That oh, I, yeah, that's I, a good like shit walks. Thanks. Yeah. Might use Thank that. And finally, let's talk uh, Disney's Hall of Presidents uh, at Disney World, which is which is open. <laughs> I guess so. Did yeah. they get out? Well, <laughs> they, they've escaped and it's bad news for Floridians. So I guess it's closed right now as they're updating it with a uh, Robo Biden. But I, I hadn't really <laughs> followed like the Trump bot has already been a huge problem for Disney. And the attraction now requires live human security guards uh, because of the heckling and derision that Trump gets. Um, and they added large spikes near the stage to protect to protect the animatronic Trump, which is very Jeez. Um, wild. Like I mean, like anti tank the, hedgehogs on D Day. Like, right. maybe, like <laughs> <laughs> just keep people from what the fuck. <laughs> I I love the idea of the happiest place on earth installing spikes to keep you away yeah. from something. <laughs> It's just like they let a tiny little bit of politics through and it's just like, <laughs> explodes. Oh, just have like George Washington give a little speech and then Abraham Lincoln waves and get out. Like, we don't need the, the current president speaking. Yeah. They yeah. apparently Trump's robot waxes poetically about America, which isn't just like a false representation of him as a president. Uh, it's not what he wanted to record for Disney. Uh, <laughs> according to one of his aides, Trump tried to brag about his private real estate business and make inaccurate claims while recording the speech he sent to Disney. And they had to like edit around it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the, the era of Trump comedy is over, but that's so funny to me. Imagine hanging him in a recording booth and they're like, this will take 15 minutes, sir. <laughs> Just just say the line and it taking eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't you think Constant they should know? back and forth. It's like that episode of The Crown where Thatcher is like has to give a take on apartheid. And they're like, right. what about this one? He's like, no, no. Gotta no, talk about no, Trump no. steaks. Gotta talk about Trump steaks in this one. Sorry, it's a no-go. <laughs> like you have fucking Abraham Lincoln talking about the Civil War, and then you get the fucking salesman Trump, the robot. <laughs> Fuck. Ugh. They're not good with politics, huh? Maybe Disney's just Keep yeah. their fucking head yeah. out of this shit forever. They're thinking yeah. of uh, history instead of doing that. They're thinking of rebranding the attraction. Uh, and there were rumors that they were going to completely overhaul it with input of Lin Manuel Miranda and Weird Al. Uh, which you I, know what? Fine. That would be like, yeah. yeah. I would Fine. take that. Please. Fine. Sure. Let's just, Fine. <laughs> let's just talented, do something. Yeah, two talented musicians and a guy who famously doesn't say bad words. Like that feels what <laughs> much more wholesome. <laughs> yeah. to me. Than fucking anything, please. Yeah, sure. fine, great. Disney always gets the the great musicians in the end. They might be giants. They they got them. Yep. <laughs> hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. That's the <laughs> that's one of my kids' favorite songs. It's the Disney 
uh, Mickey Mouse like clubhouse theme song by They Might Be Giants. Uh, I wonder what current musicians will will be Disney musicians in the future. Oh, jeez. Chance, Oof. maybe? I don't oh, know. yeah. I could see Chance the Rapper doing kid rap. Mm. Oh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like you, you have a family phase. In, yeah, in like, yeah. once you hit like your Look, 50s yeah. in rap you have your like five years of like we're gonna make kids movies and we're gonna make some fun and music and then we're back to real exactly right. like if if ice cube can go from nwa to are we there yet right. and you know <laughs> west side gun and the whole griselda gang could be doing a fucking kids bop versions of fucking all the hits <laughs> and cardi yeah. b is gonna be the new mr rogers like it's it, it's yeah. It look at the end of the day, it's about a check. And if someone's willing to be like, "Hey, gangster guy, you want to be a, in, a, in a kid movie for money?" Like, uh, yeah, fuck it, yeah, no, for sure. It's, I mean, and also like you know, when you grew up and you were fifteen listening to a rapper, and you're you know thirty six and you have kids, you're you still like that rapper, yeah, yeah, right, of course. You know, you're like, where's would... DMX's daddy daycare? I want to. <laughs> I mean, that. DMX did that Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer cover, and people loved it. <laughs> Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> How the fuck did I miss that? DMX did a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer cover? Yeah. A couple of years ago, but it's on Spotify now. Oh, shit. This um, is like when he wasn't using the, a computer at all, and he just like got kind of sober, and every like every radio station he went to, people were being like, let's make a viral video of DMX. Just get him to read this thing, or ask him if he knows about Google. Right. Because there's that <laughs> yeah. guy like, what the fuck is Google? Google! Ah, ah. And you're like, okay, uh, <laughs> shit. All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.